Joining me now is Robette Hollis. He's a Kiwi entrepreneur who's based over in San Fran in the States, and he can answer your um, questions. G'day, uh, Robette. How are you? Kia ora, my friend. How are we? Oh, I'm bloody great. I saw a video come out uh, today as we launched Today FM, the Today FM brand, and I think there was a video in there of you. Oh, nice subtle plug there, mate. It's a, great, it's a busy day in New Zealand, it seems. It's good. Lots of what's happening. Oh, heck yeah. There's lots going on. I mean, there's there's no political news. There's no COVID news. There's not much going on. Everyone's talking about Today FM. If only. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw, I saw you um, yeah, in the little video that came out. You, you're looking pretty cool with, with your crossed arms. And I think you had some glasses on. That's you, isn't it? It's a power. It's a power pose. It's, a, it's when the sun's out, guns out, and then you, it's, it's in like it's an alpha. It's a classic alpha. You know, if you Google classic alpha pose, it's one of those ones. I think. But you know, it's, it you was taken your, a while ago, and they have, used it up. Did you have your guns out? <laughs> no. Oh, I just <laughs> I was like, so I'm thinking, did he have his guns out? Was he? <laughs> I do remember you doing your power pose. I'm like, did he have his? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, so, do you, are we are we allowed to talk about what what you're doing next year, or is that um, an, an announcement for a later time? Still announcement. They're, they've got me on lock and key. You know how it is. That's These, good. you know, NDAs and HR and people and co- you know, like they got to. They've already. I've already been red flagged, Lloyd. They already know what's coming. So I've just got to keep keep stealth until the time is right. But yeah. as soon as it is, we can have a happy banter about it for sure, Lloyd. Yeah, Hurricane Hurricane Hollis um, is about to arrive, and you know they're getting ready at people and <laughs> culture for you to arrive. There's a few topics we want to talk about, and we'll get. I'm sure people will message in soon. So some of those texts, I'll read them out when they come in. Um, but let's start off talking about COVID because it's permanently changed the way that we do things, right? Um, has it changed the way that we lead? Yeah, so it's been really interesting watching, I guess, global leadership over the last 18 months. But when it comes to leadership specifically with New Zealand, one of the things that I've been kind of watching and from afar and kind of engaging with is it's been really interesting to see how like good leadership and bad leadership has just been genuinely exposed in every different organization you know how do you keep teams engaged remotely how do you you know hire remotely how do you like digitize a workforce how do you do all these sort of things like bad leadership and good leadership i think the gaps just become so visible for many and you know talking to people in the hr sector the amount of talent that's looking at other options and bits and pieces it's all coming down to kind of the same thing of you know who do they like who do they trust like who are the people that they can actually um, you know, really care about. And, and I think one of the cool things it has done from, a, I guess, a, um, a leadership perspective, it's really humanised, you know, CEOs and people at the top. You know, there's cats and kids running around in the background. There's, you know, people who they usually see in the boardroom that are higher up the food chain in some of these corporates. You know, they're having to wear T-shirts in their kitchen. And it's really, it's it's kind of, you know, taken away a lot of the, the veil of, of bravado and kind of, you know, just sort of blah that's not really real. And so it's, I think it's been really good at almost like humanising um, leadership in New Zealand, which has been cool. But at the same time, it's really kind of sh- put a spotlight on, you know, bad leadership that don't know how to communicate well or, or have empathy for their staff. So when I'm thinking about this next sort of phase of what these, I guess, new leaders are going to look like or the, the, the strongest leaders coming out of it, I've kind of I just had this little note that I've been thinking about of this combination of, you know, humanity times humility times adaptability, where you can be, you know, like human and flat. So you've got like empathy and care for your um, 
for your team, but then with humility that you know you don't know everything and, and you want to you know learn and you're not trying to be the alpha, you don't, you're not trying to be everything. And at the same time, you know, adaptable is everything's changing and pivoting. And, and so, you know, just over the last little bit, looking at leaders and looking at businesses to see who's gone up and down, that's something that's been extremely clear to, to look at. And I think it's actually good because it's making anyone who works for an organization actually go, you know, do I really want to be here? Dude, is this the best use of my time? And it's making some good questions that are getting asked all throughout the organisation. Um, will that, do you reckon that humanisation, will that um, continue on into when we all go back to the office, if that ever actually happens? But do you think that kind of wearing T-shirts, being casual um, in, in, amongst our leaders, instead of wearing a, a shirt and tie and, and suit, do you think we're going to see that humanised side of our leaders and our bosses come into the actual workplace? I would hope so because what I th well for starters there's going to be two things that happen. One is there's going to be more hybrid workforces where there's going to be more adaptability around you know a couple of days at home a week, a couple of days in the office, depending on obviously what type of work that you're in. But there's going to be a lot more flexibility offered because what we're seeing in the states and what is going to be coming to New Zealand, and obviously I think a big danger for New Zealanders. Um, talent actually going to Australia over this next um, 12 months as things open up is businesses that offer their employees more freedom and opportunities with um, where they can be logistically, they're actually using distance as an asset to keep talent. So what I mean by that is if I work for company A and they're saying you have to come back into the office, then company B is like, hey, stay where you are, do your thing, and we'll take you as you are. They're actually using it as an HR magnet to try and gain talent. And obviously in a marketplace like now, it's a definitely a candidate's market with, with, with talent. It's um, it's really going to make businesses step up to the plate more to really think about their, 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 their employees, which I think is a really, really good thing. And it puts power back into the talent that exists in the organisation. So it's really putting um, you know, the money where their mouth is, which I think is good. But as far as the T-shirts and the pieces, I mean, I don't wear suits, but I'm imagining that <laughs> potentially it might get a bit... You obviously want to be a bit more professional, but I think there's going to be a bit more of a maybe a relaxed approach to a bunch of stuff when it comes to people and culture and in many different organisations as things weave back together as well. Because you need to understand too, you know, people have been locked away for 100 days now and it only takes, you know, 21 days to get some new habits. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how everyone sort of weaves back into, you know, this, this new normal or whatever it's going to be. I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see how that rolls out for sure. It's Nikki's text in saying, clearly Judith Collins hasn't been studying leadership during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I, I, like, I, I, I'm definitely not going to... I mean, my political things is very, are very loaded because I, I'm homies with everyone all the time. I know people from Greens and, 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 and Labour National, like everyone, so like I don't go there. But what I would say, which I, I think is interesting, is if when you look at um, how, I guess... Like positivity attracts momentum and people, you know, when people clearly don't have either that warmth or adaptability, relatability, whatever it is, um, it becomes very clear that that maybe is a thing which people may be wanting and craving. And so obviously the market has spoken. And as always, Lloyd, just same as in business and politics, the market goes undefeated. <laughs> Um, there's a lovely text in here from Jared from Fakatane saying, please keep doing these Thursday night chats with Robert. He's fantastic. I'm looking forward to his show next year. Do you know a Jared and Fakatane? Let's go. Oh, mate. Oh, Jared. Yeah, Jazz. Yeah, man. What are you, mate? Yeah, you and Jazz are, mate. No, I don't. Man, Jazz, mate. No, what I think, 
honestly needs more of is like I've talked about almost every week like we talk about like where are the outlets for people to ask a question which they're too afraid to ask in their existing circle there are so many people that have a bubble around them of 10 people that they may feel like a geek for asking a business question or more importantly and usually they feel ashamed for not knowing the answer so they don't ask and when there's platforms like this to be able to text anonymously or whatever it may be, like that's how they get the most value because they generally may not know where to turn. And I think as long as you can provide the right platforms for it, then that's cool. So that's why, you know, big props to you and the team for, for all of it because it, it, it makes a difference. And for me, that, that's that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, you do get a lot of texts that come through. Um, there's another one from Tiki. Oh, we've had Nikki and there's Tiki. Tiki says, um, I'm, not, I'm looking to work in the corporate sector in HR, but how do I tell who's a good leader? I want to work in a firm that walks the talk. Not a bad question. Good. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, what the great thing about New Zealand is literally within one phone call, you can find pretty much anything about anyone. <laughs> and so <laughs> what happens is, you know, as you as you go up as you go up the phone the, the food chain, everyone's kind of worked with everyone and everyone sort of knows everyone. So there are these things called back channels. And the back channels are when people exist in organizations and they tell you everything off the record and you do the same for them to actually help them out. So what I'd be doing is I'd be um, I'd be thinking if it was Tiki, sorry, that, that message in, you know, like put a couple of the, br the brands or the businesses up that you have want, that you're thinking about and kind of dr like even maybe even spreadsheet out a couple of ideas of like what are the good things that you see about this company? Like what does the leadership look like? What are the visions? Whatever. And then try and talk to people within that that have either worked there. Like just go onto LinkedIn, search up the business, and you can see employees that currently work there just by looking at the connections and that previously worked there and reaching out to a few random people that are happy to do and actually have conversations. And then after you do that, then figure out, you know, is it the, a great brand, but there's a bad, great leadership at the top, but is there bad bits in the middle or whatever it is? So, you know, there is no, um, just reading the, the pamphlet on it being perfect is not going to mean it's perfect. You need to get into the weeds and track it. And so one of the best tips for, if, if I was you to do it, would be going onto LinkedIn, searching up the company, searching for employees of that company and see if anyone that you're connected to knows employees from there or has have been there in the past and you can just do it, do it literally by searching in the name in the search bar it pops up you can go through and so that would be my first stop that you do and you'd be surprised because i can almost guarantee you someone that you know in your network will know someone either within there and then start that way but basically you've got to do, do your research because it's your time's the biggest asset Hope that helps you, Tiki. We've got two more texts as well, from one from Mick and one from Noah. I'm sure there's um, more that are coming through. Um, so Mick and Noah, we'll get to your um, texts after the break. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with Rebet after this. We've got Rebet Hollis joining me. He's a, a Kiwi entrepreneur who's based over in San Fran who's giving us some of his wonderful business advice. Um, we've got a text here, um, Rebet, from Mick saying, this is regarding working at home. Has it changed what we need to wear to the office? So kind of like what I asked. Everyone's been used to hanging out in track pants and t T-shirts. Uh, I'm imagining if you turn up with track pants at Fonterra on a Monday, you may get pulled pulled aside. But <laughs> I do think that things will probably get um, a little bit more casual. Um, I would say, but uh, without a doubt, you're going to have to still, you know, dress up and and you know dress the part to respect obviously others in the room, depending on what you're going to be doing. But I would say that there's going to be a lot more leadership, giving a lot more leeway when it comes to. Uh, dress code and bits and pieces within within the business. Not to say you don't need to be professional, but definitely with you know 
the last year and a half of this kind of crazy hybrid of working from home and not. Um, I think most people have been wearing their, you know, um, their pyjama bottoms with a business dress shirt. I think everyone's probably guilty of it in this last year. So <laughs> I think things will probably get a little bit more a little bit more mellow in this next little phase, my prediction would be. I'm guilty of that right now. I've got a dress shirt upstairs. I'm on business upstairs and party downstairs wearing <laughs> some shorts and some and some sneakers. Uh, but that's the magic of working in radio, you know? You, you can you can get away with that. Um, and and I've got all these cameras in the studio, and one day you'll be able to see them. Um, but they, you know, they're not active at the moment, which is bloody great. So they can't see me how bad I look, and they can't <laughs> see when I pick my nose and and whatever. Um, you've got all that to look forward to. I think that might change next year. But um, yeah, I guess when you're in a job and you can get away with it, then great, you'll be able to get away with it, right? Yeah, for sure. And actually, well, before we go to the next one, I just wanted to quickly jump on the the banter that you were having before about Decentraland and all of that, which I thought was oh, really yes. awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, know much just, about Decentraland? I know quite a lot about a lot of different things, though, but what I would say is um, essentially in our lifetime, there's going to be, a, it's looking like the way that the, um, the adoption of, um, you know, digital assets and cryptocurrency and blockchain and basically this huge wave of, you know, digital integration coming into our lives within our lifetime. Sounds weird to say it now, but we're on track for the digital uh, world to potentially be worth more than the physical world. What? <laughs> it sounds nuts. It does sound nuts. It sounds nuts. It sounds nuts. If you look at the level of, um, uh, like, the, the, the adoption of these technologies, it's the fastest growing uh, human technology that's ever existed in the history of mankind. It's, it's, it's like a time and a half more um, sticky or, or it's gained more momentum faster than the internet, which was the last one that came before it. And so before anyone writes off anything else, there's probably, you know, I'm not saying who's going to win, who's going to lose, and I, you know, I won't get into that, but it's very clear that if you look at, um, you know, the pressure that's come on social media around um around the Facebooks of the world and different people having these centralised systems of power, essentially, you know, like a company deciding who to turn who on and off. There's a massive, massive, massive billion-dollar, trillion-dollar market cap battle going on between centralised versus decentralised systems for everything, for social media, for um, for every type of software, for type of different types of games, for absolutely everything. And so the battle that you're actually going to see now is um, centralised versus decentralised ecosystems. And funnily enough, there's an interesting storyline. If you know, if you watch the social, the social network, um, you know the, the movie that came out around Facebook and how the, these Winklevoss twins got screwed. Right, that, that's kind of the story. Is basically, you know, Winklevoss guy started it, they get screwed. Zuckerberg goes off and does his thing, whatever. Crazily enough, what uh, Meta or Facebook is trying to build with a centralized version of this metaverse. The Winklevoss twins <laughs> basically took all their money. They went into cryptocurrency years ago. Now they're multi-trillionaires, and now they're oh, trying to go against Zuckerberg for round two with a decentralized version of the same thing. So there's these battles that are get, these lines are getting drawn in the sand of centralized versus decentralized um, platforms for the future. And this crazy story about you know the social the social media network and the media network is the Winklevoss twins, if you Google them, they're coming back for a vengeance for Zuckerberg for round number two. It's crazy. I like do, that. Do a bit of Googling into it. And I like that. Yeah, it's, pre it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, just on this topic of, of Bitcoin and um, cryptocurrencies, Sue's messaging saying, I'd love to know what your guest thinks of Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> uh, the on-the-record 
thing that most people are saying is it's a highly speculative digital store of value, right? So it's fully speculative. It's crazy fluctuation. Um, but basically, at, at this point, people are using it as a, as, a, as a digital store of value. Now, the ones to actually look out for would be thinking about, um, you know, when if you look at lots of the big banks around the world, they're starting to get into these... Um, and it's all it's all new and everyone's learning about it. i'm learning a bunch about it too but um these um basically um central bank digital currencies so the banks are looking to say okay well instead of just physical cash how do we create digital cash and that's probably the next um big wave that's definitely coming on the pipeline which people start to look at so um this is probably as much as i'm probably allowed to say without it being financial advice and someone getting in trouble but um highly speculative um but also at the same time you know, it is now pretty much well regarded that is a, you know, it's a highly speculative digital store of value. But if you look at the trend of everything else, basically everyone in the nose kind of saying that the, 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 the market cap of Bitcoin is essentially going to flip gold. They, they, the, the people in the Bitcoin world think that gold is the, is, is the bad one. And so that's what they're going after. Okay, Rebecca, you've got one minute to answer this last question that's come in from Joe. How do you juggle starting a business with mentally draining full-time work? If you're passionate about it, you work nine to five, smack it, come home, hang with the whanau, put them down and do damage from nine to one every night. That's the honest truth. If you're passionate about it, you smack out an extra 20 hours Monday through Friday, going 9 a.m. to to uh, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. every night because you love it, and then you slowly transition to make the side hustle um, become greater than your existing 9 to 5, and then you flip. Do not leave a 9 to 5, just bailing, and leave the security if you need that cash. If you're passionate about what you're doing, you find the time and you make it work, and you can't do it at the same time as your regular work. So, you know, pay the bills, do your thing, don't give up security, the classic, you know, corporate jumper and move on to the next but when you're passionate about it you do it because you love it and if you're smart enough and you've got enough you know commercial common sense about it um you can hit the market pretty right but um, basically there is no uh, magic little bullet you've got to put the yards in and, and get your ass to work you know awesome hey that's good advice thank you so much um thank you so much for your um insight and stuff like that i do appreciate it that is robert hollis uh, who's a kiwi entrepreneur based in san francisco